You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Reds Hot Stove Room. The Reds are on the radio. Red's Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, JTM Food Group, MSA Architects, Thompson McConnell Cadillac, and by Document Destruction. The Red's Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... And this one belongs to the Reds! CBTS, a Cincinnati Bell Company, technology solutions for business. Your Tri-State Chevy dealers. Check out Chevy's award-winning lineup only at your Tri-State Chevy dealers. The Healthcare Management Group, greater care for greater Cincinnati. And by Woody Sander Ford, I-75 at Mitchell Avenue, right in the middle of everywhere. Now, the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. And a pleasant good evening, everyone, and welcome to the next of the final Reds Hot Stove League program. This is a final one here in the desert. The Reds, of course, will wrap up uh, spring training play out here with a Sunday afternoon game against the Cleveland Indians and then, of course, head on to Arlington, Texas, to take on the Texas Rangers on uh, Monday night and Tuesday afternoon. Pleased to be working with Jim Day on our program. And, you know, uh, as I mentioned, we've got one more show to do, and that will be next Wednesday night at uh, the Holy Grail, which will be obviously the day before opening day. Uh, while the roster obviously is still somewhat up in the air, at the same time, there are certain factors that have come into play recently that make you start to look at the people that are still in camp and still vying for spots on this club. I don't want to say with a little bit more of a certain look at them, but certainly maybe a little bit clearer than it was a week or so. It might be till next Tuesday or Wednesday that they finalize uh, this roster. Uh, they're going to take some extra players, obviously, to Texas for the two games, the exhibition games against the Rangers. Uh, but like last year, uh, particularly the, the bench rolls are going to go down to the wire, and you have always have that variable involved of players that might become available from other teams. Example A, Scooter Jeanette last mm-hmm. year uh, with one day left in camp was picked up off of waivers, that completely changed the roster makeup uh, and completely changed the way the Reds had to deal with the 40-man roster. So that's that variable out there. But right now there's really, as far as the bullpen and the bench goes, just a handful of guys for those spots. And the other part of that is uh, if you want to get specific about this whole thing, Jim, as far as the bullpen is concerned with the the revelation that uh, came out a couple of days ago or yesterday that, uh, Michael Lorenzen, while the club would not say it, uh, has a chance of opening the year on the DL because of that strained muscle under his right arm. And once again, something like that opens a door for someone who, under normal circumstances, might not have been looked upon as a guy who could make this bullpen. Yeah, normally they would want seven bullpen guys. Brian Price says he prefers a five-man bench. But a little caveat at the beginning of the season, they're not going to need a fifth starter until April 9th. So that will give them the opportunity, if they want, to carry uh, eight relievers until then. If you're looking at seven relievers and you had Lorenzen in the mix, that was really two open spots. Uh, but now with Lorenzen out of there, and if they carry eight, now we're upwards of three spots perhaps in the bullpen. Uh, you have Lore- uh, Iglesias on the back end of that. Jared Hughes, David Hernandez, Wandy Peralta are certainly in that mix. Certainly. So that's four guaranteed. Lorenzen would have been that fifth guarantee. 
But now you're going to have three, maybe four spots if they carry eight guys. You know, it's kind of interesting, and I'm reminded every spring about this time, something that Sparky Anderson uh, used to say, that if you play guys long enough, they will eliminate themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, without naming names, and I'm sure there are fans who are listening who can probably say, well, he didn't pitch very well last night, or he has had two bad outings in a row. This is starting to come into play now. Guys that were pitching very effectively early, all of a sudden have hit the bump in the road. And as Jeff Brantley and I talked about the other day, if you're going to have bad outings, it's better to have them early than it is at this time of the spring. One of those guys is Kevin Shackelford. Uh, last year has showed some solid signs at the beginning of the spring. It looked like, man, he's, gonna, he's definitely going to be in there. The last two times out, he's been rocked. Um, so that puts a kink into that. And you've got young guys, uh, Zach Weiss, who had pitched very, very well. He yeah. got uh, lit up a little bit the last time out. So, And then you look at a veteran like Kevin Quackenbush, who has a major league track record, hit some hard times. He has pitched very, very well the entire spring. Uh, he will bring a little bit more of a veteran guy to the mix. So I think it certainly opens the door for someone like him. And let's face it, they need a second left-hander down there in that pen, albeit Cody Reed, if they want to go that route, if Amir Garrett does not make the rotation, they would perhaps consider him in the bullpen. Um, and, you know, we'll see. They, they ha- In my eyes, they have to have at least one other left-hander besides Wandy Peralta. All right, well, let's talk about Amir Garrett. If you were managing this club or you were Dick Williams making the decision, based on what you've seen this spring, one, I have to operate under the assumption that Amir Garrett's going to be on this pitching staff. Where would he be? He would be in my starting rotation. Mine also. He won, obviously, a left-hander. You need you want at least one left-hander in that rotation. Brandon Finnegan uh, yesterday pitched a couple of innings in a minor league game. He is set to throw in a Cactus League start on Saturday. Again, they won't need a fifth starter until April 9th, Brian Price says. Uh, and they've left the door open that he could be ready for that. I'm not so sure you want to count on him or... Uh, earmark him for that fifth spot. To me, I would put Amir Garrett in this rotation with Homer Bailey, Castillo, Tyler Malley would be a lock for me, along with Sal Romano. Correct. And then the lefter, Amir Garrett. Those would be my five. But, again, like you said, they're not going to need a need a, a fifth starter until mm-hmm. when, April the 9th? Yes, that's what Brian Price says. So, so you can pencil anybody you want to. Right. But by that time, they'll have a better idea of whether they want to lean toward uh, Amir Garrett or they want to go with Brandon Finnegan. So it's really going to be up in the air. But I'd be stunned if it wasn't Garrett and they didn't keep Garrett and put him in the bullpen. Well, if you put him in the bullpen, uh, then does he stay stretched out? If he's the fifth starter, do you want to leave him behind and and stretch him out in a simulated game or a minor league game uh, here in Arizona? Uh, To me, that would be the route they would take if he's going to be that fifth starter that you would want to keep him stretched out. So, Are are you surprised that that, uh, Brian Price has not just come out and unequivocally stated that Homer Bailey will pitch the opening game. What, why are they dodging just coming out and saying it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I do not know. Um, his fifth day would be the off day. Uh, his next time out, looking at the 23rd, uh, 23rd would be would, Friday. The fifth day would fall on Wednesday, the right. day before opening day. So you're giving him six days between his last start here in Cactus League play uh, until opening day. Um Unless something else completely changes, I mean, he's the guy that's lined up to do it. He's the supposed stud of the, the rotation. He's got the big contract, et cetera. 
Um, the experience, I, I don't understand why they don't just come out and say it. I don't understand, but uh, I would be shocked if Homer, De- Homer Bailey is not your opening day starter. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League uh, a week and a day before the opening of the 2018 season. When we come back, uh, Jim Day sat down with Reds third baseman A. Eugenio Suarez, and you'll be tuned into that when we return to the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. It's the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser. I'm Jim Day. My pleasure to welcome in the Reds infielder A. Eugenio Suarez. Big news. Uh, this past week that you signed a seven-year contract extension. you got to be happy for not only yourself but your family. Oh, man, that's just an exciting moment. Uh, right now I feel so happy. My wife, has, she's she's so proud of me and happy too. So we're happy. That's a really good news, really good deal for, for us. And now we got to still working hard to, to win a lot of games so, and to win a lot. World Series, that's a goal for everybody here, and we think that we got a chance. That's a good deal. What was the thought process as to signing a long-term deal here or maybe in the future testing the free agent waters? Well, what made you decide to sign with Cincinnati long-term? I just want to stay here, man. I like this city. I like this team, and I think a really good really good deal. I don't want to wait no more. It's a guarantee uh, contract, and... You, I just want to stay in the in the and this thing and still working. That's that's what are the the best part of the work. What is one of the hardest things about being a red, uh, particularly here in spring training? Is that you're number seven and number six is Billy Hamilton, and you got to be right next to him. I, I really think that was the the hard part. The, you know, this is, he's my roommate, my my locker roommate, and I got to you know talk to him a lot. And, this guy is so excited every time. He's so happy every time. That's the most important thing. I like him, and he knows. It's too bad that this is radio right now because we've got um, Hamilton and Jeanette dancing next to your locker. They t- they try to, to make me funny, but I don't think so. this guy do a good job around dancing. What you mean? You mean I'm the best salsa dancer in the clubhouse. Right. The best I like one. it. I like it. We're going to put it on video. Best salsa eater. <laughs> That's a good thing. Billy said he's the best salsa dancer on the team. Uh, care to rebut that? Uh, I mean, he's good, but I don't think he's the best. Everybody knows who's the best. Yeah, the best. I am the best. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, that's what we work. We're happy here, I man. Billy, Scooter, Josie, Joy, everybody happy now. We got a good, good club. We got a good teammates, and everybody happy. Your game, man, you came leaps and bounds defensively. We've talked about this before, uh, but your work at, at third base, is that the, the most thing you're proud of right now, uh, the leaps and bounds you've made defensively? Yes, it is, man. It is, definitely. It is because, you know, I never played in third base before, and uh, my, my hard work, you know, is paid off. And, and right now I feel great. I feel like I'm playing third base all, the, all my career, but... The when when you like always say you gotta working hard for your your goals and my goal was uh, one of the best third base in the league and I work hard for you know make through that that dream that's my dream one of my dreams I uh, I working hard for make it make it through. You came up as a shortstop and uh, I know your buddy Jose Peraza is at shortstop right now. Uh, who knows what the future holds? You've got a seven-year contract. Um, 
could we ever see you at shortstop again? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. We don't know. We don't know. So yeah. I'm still working a little bit in sort of store because you never know what's going to happen. But uh, if that happens, and and I try to to make a good job, to do to good job, and to do good job, and I, I think I never forgot to play shortstop. Now, now who's yapping over here? Is this Iglesias? Yes, this is Iglesias. He, he, when he's the more louder guy in the, in the clubhouse, he talks louder, and he always talks about call everybody for his name, like like you like you heard right now. He say Eugenio Suarez all the time, man. So everybody knows. When he talk, everybody knows who he is. <laughs> well, sort of like when I walk by you, you tend to shout out my name. <laughs> I'll be, I don't know. It, it sounds sound funny. Sound funny. I like to say, Gene Day, how's your day? That's a word, my favorite word to say. Because it sounds funny. And I like to do it. And I, I tell you what to do. If you're here, you, you got to be ready. We got all the time to talk to you. Well, I got a goofy face and goofy body to go with that. Funny name, I guess. So we appreciate that. Uh, at the plate, um, you got some goals personally at, at the plate? Yeah, definitely, yeah, because I just always always try to be better than the than last year. And that's my goal, to to break my numbers, the numbers that I did it, uh, last year and this year, that's my goal. Broke my numbers. That's it. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear it like, Four home, uh, 40 home run, home run. I just want to break my, my goal. If I hit more than that, I'm happy. But I just try to broke and be, do better than, than last year. How important has it been for you? You, um, you tackled English right on as a Venezuelan native, um, and you've done really good. You have a lot of courage to do English interviews the past couple of years. Your English can, can, continues to improve. How important has that been for you? I think this is one of the more important things in my in my career because I, I like I like to to communicate that people are like they they want to know something about me and I, I don't want to use the translator. I just I just try to communicate my English uh, and uh, that the, those, the, my teammates help me a lot and uh, and I just try to talk more that I want and and lose my because sometimes we're scared to talking mm-hmm. because. We don't want to be in trouble or, or, or say something that you guys now understand. And, but uh, I work on my, my English so hard, and I try to, to, to talk it perfect. You know, it's hard to us because in Venezuela, in Latin country, it's hard to, to speak uh, because we don't use it a lot in the college, just in the college, in the, the basic, the basic uh, English, just how you doing, my name is, and... When you come in here and you don't know how to communicate your your experience or how you how do you feel something like that, it's hard for us and that's why I'm working hard on my English, try right, to to speak to all these guys in here and they and they help me a lot. Well, we certainly appreciate it. I know your teammates appreciate it. And if I had to do, if someone interviewed me in Spanish, I would be frightened to death. So it, it is hard, man, because it's it's not your language, yeah. and you try. And the more important thing to me is just try. Don't, no matter what happens, and just try, 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 and work in your English. That that be better for you and for your family because now I got my daughter, and when she go to the college, she 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 wanna maybe she will want 
how to communicate to the guys, and I, I try to help him to, to her head. And, but, you know, just keep working in my English. That's what I do every day, working with the guys. Don't, don't, I mean, don't, don't scare to English, because if you're scared of English, you're not, you're not, you're not going to speak English. How's the daughter changed your life? Man, this is one of the beautiful life. It's different life. I have I have a new life because now I live for her. She's my heart. She's everything in my life, and she changed all the way. I just you know when I walk out and and see her in the in the bed in the bed, it's, it's something like, wow, she's my daughter. She's beautiful. I just wanna you know be the hero for her. It's, a, it's really nice, man. I, I love my hair. I, I love my, my daughter, and she, she makes me happy a lot. Well, right now you came to camp uh, sporting the silver hair. It's a, Again, this is radio, but I'll describe it. It's a little more blonde now. It's called me blonde. The, the, the silver hair is going, so now, now it's called my, my dark hair. And But I try to keep it. And I just wait a couple of days and try find something, make it like like before. So it's going back to the silver? It's going back to the silver. Yeah, I like it. And the people like it. So that's the more important thing in this, this part. I tried to, to make it something different, and I did a really good job. And <laughs> <laughs> people like it, and people want, want to see me with that hair. So maybe keep it. Well, a lot of people uh, love your demeanor. Uh, you're, you're rarely in a bad mood. Uh, you're you're fun-loving. Um, is that something that you've always been your entire life? And, and why is it so important to you to, to um, I don't know, be so welcoming to people? Uh, you know, I'm always happy, man. I'm a happy guy. Sometimes, you, sometimes you're in the bad mood, but you, I mean, I don't, I don't want to communicate to people that say, oh, Suarez in the bad mood. I don't care because it's not, for example, it's not your problem if I'm in my, in my bad mood, and that's what I. Nobody knows when I am in the, in the bad mood. I just try to be happy every day, communicate with people, and I'm happy, make you smile, say well, how you doing, something like that. That's that's my my key. That's what I that's what I do. That's what I I am like that, and that's happy for me. And and I like and I like to hear that when people say, oh, he he always smile, and he always happy. That's a good thing for me. Well, a lot of people are happy for you. Congratulations again on the contract. You're going to be a Cincinnati Red for a long time, and uh, we're happy for you, man. Thank you very much, Gene Day. Have a good day. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we appreciate that. It's the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser, and we're back with more after this. And welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League. Uh, you just were privy to hear some interesting comments uh, that – uh, Jim got out of it, Eugenio Suarez, who not only will open the year, obviously, at third base, but has the uh, the comfort of knowing he's going to be around for a while. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of multi-year deals of that length, but uh, God knows if you're going to give it to somebody, you give it to a guy who has an incredible work ethic and a guy who I really think has just scratched the surface as far as what he can accomplish in this game. He'll play this year at 26 years of age. So at the back end of the contract, we're not talking about – Late 30s, into his late 30s. So you're you're hopefully getting a guy that's in the prime of his career. If you look at the money and compare him to other third basemen at his level, um, those that. 
do this for a living and analyze it, say it's a very team-friendly contract. It is seven years. They are guaranteed contracts in the major leagues. So you're always rolling the dice in that regard. But as you said, a hard worker, uh, a guy that seemingly has, still has a ceiling. Um, and, you know, it's it's a business, man. you got to roll the dice at some point. And if you're going to roll the dice, I would roll it on a 26-year-old who has a good makeup. Now, are you surprised while we're talking about this third-base situation and we talked so much all spring about Nick Senzel, who was drafted as a third baseman and a great one out of the University of Tennessee. Uh, so I met a lot at shortstop during spring training. Did not seem at second base. But apparently that's where he's headed. I was very surprised. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about um, not wanting to overload um, Nick. And, you know, to me, when you look at Nick Senzel, he's such a good athlete and he's such a, a hard worker and just a – a pure baseball player, and he played second base in college, I would think he would want to at least get some time. I didn't see him at second base even taking infield. We're not, right. I mean, I let alone in a game at the complex, I never saw him at second base. I was surprised by it, um, and now he's going to go to AAA, and he's going to play probably a majority of second base from what we know right now. Uh, the good news is he can play third. He can play. He's shown that he can has the ability to perhaps play shortstop, Second base is a little bit different, obviously. He spent most of his time on the left side of the infield. The ball obviously comes off the bat differently at second base. But I think he can pull it off. But to answer your question, again, yes, I was very surprised he did not work at second base here in Arizona. Having said that, where do they then turn in the event that Jose Peraza can't cut it? Well, um, they haven't shut the door on, on Suarez being a shortstop. Right. Um, he would certainly be your backup plan right now. Cliff Pennington, whether he makes the club or not as a bench player, is not going to be your answer every day at shortstop, uh, certainly going forward in the years to come. Um, so Suarez is, you know, he's got, a, he's got them in their back, or he's got Suarez in their back pocket as far as Dick Williams go, a guy that came up as a shortstop. But I would think if Peraza doesn't work out, they would go the free agent route and try to sign an impact shortstop in the coming years. I'm not saying in 2018 if he doesn't work out uh, in the coming years. And if you have a free agent at shortstop and Suarez at third base and maybe Sinzel at second base, Votto still at first, pretty good infield, but it remains to be seen. So all things being equal, uh, I think we can talk with a certain degree uh, of, of knowledge based on what's going on that, that Suarez, at least for the moment, has no concerns about moving somewhere else unless it were a dire emergency. No, I, I don't think so. And he's, I, I talked to him, uh, you know, in fact, in, this, in the hot stove league here about the future of uh, maybe playing shortstop. He's open to it. Um, he's a good enough athlete to do it. He's one of the premier defensive third basemen in all of baseball already uh, making that transition. Uh, and, again, transitioning on the left side a whole lot easier than going to the right side. So, um They've got him in the back pocket. Suarez, if they need him, can play shortstop. Well, it creates an interesting situation. Suarez, Peraza, Senzel going to Louisville to play second base, where this will all pan out uh, once we get into the 2018 season. When we come back, and we've got another break coming up, uh, Jim will chat with Reds general manager Dick Williams. That comes up next on the Reds Hot Stove League right here on the Reds Radio Network. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser. With President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Dick Williams, I'm Jim Day. And, uh, Dick, we appreciate you joining us. Um, 
This is a broad question, but your overall impressions of, of, of spring camp as we are uh, closing in on the 29th and opening day in Cincinnati. Well, Jimmy, I think we're pretty pleased with the way camp's gone. You know, the guys are starting to swing the bats a lot better as we get deeper into camp, and we're starting to see some better and better pitching performances. So it feels like the guys are trending the right way at the right time. You know, you like to kind of finish camp on a good note, and uh, I think the guys are playing better and better the deeper we've gotten into it. Big news this last week. That's the seven-year extension for A. Eugenio Suarez. And uh, smiles on his side, smiles from the Reds. This is a, a positive thing going forward. Yeah, I think fans should, should take it as a good sign that we feel confident about extending players like Suarez and Barnhart because those are the kind of things you do when you're getting close to opening a competitive window. And you've got guys like that that you want to know are going to be around. We've, we've seen you know, in the past few years when you get close to the end of control with a player, you have a year or two left before free agency, you really have to be looking to move those players uh, for value before their, you know, before their time of control runs out. And we didn't want to be put in that position with guys like Barnhart and Suarez because we think they're uh, performers, um, they're at the right uh, uh, kind of apex of their career, that we want to keep them around. And so we were able to sign those extensions and lock in a few guys around the diamond, and then that allows us to focus more specifically on what holes we need to address. Suarez uh, moved from shortstop to third base, and man, did he come on defensively last year, became one of the best third basemen in all of baseball. Is that his future? Is he going to stick there at the corner? Is it, is it a wait and see? Well, he certainly has created a home for himself there, and I'd be perfectly happy to play him there for the foreseeable future. One of the things that added to his value is the fact that he's been a shortstop. Um, we've been continuing to work him out there. He could always go over there in a pinch. Um, I also think he could play second. He could play the outfield corners. Not that we're thinking about it, but you know, the, the, the players of the future are the ones that have that positional flexibility, and uh, we think he's got it. So it gives us opportunities because uh, you never know where your your prospects are going to come up and play, and it gives you opportunities to be a little more reactionary. But he's certainly carved out a niche for himself at third. Well, let's face it, the reason that people ask about the future of Suarez defensively is because of Nick Senzel, one of the top prospects in baseball who has come up as a third baseman, has played around the infield, or at least at shortstop here in camp, has played second base in college. Uh, he was sitting down to the minor league camp. You simply want to get him to play every day. Uh, where is his future when he goes to AAA, and we're assuming he's going to AAA, uh, where will he work most defensively? Well, Nick made a great impression here in camp, um, and you know I think we've got the good fortune of, of having an infielder on our hands that we think can play multiple spots, second, short, third. Um, you know, We do think it's important to continue to develop his flexibility, just like with Suarez, um, but we will give him you know, areas of focus in spring training, uh, it was shortstop with third base as kind of the backup. Uh, as we go into the season, I think we'll probably see him play more second just because I think he has a chance to be um, a plus-plus uh, player at second. He can play short, but I think he may have a higher ceiling at second base, so we'll probably see him do that. Um, and, you know, this is a guy that's, whose talent's going to carry him to the big leagues, I think, um, in fairly short order. Uh, but you, you got to remember he did spend just the second half of the season last year at Double A, um, and even ended the season on the disabled list. Um, never been above Double A. 
there's still a lot of development yet to be had. This was his first big league camp. You know, we we still have a lot more to to, to unlock in his potential, so we won't we won't rush him too much. There's obviously a lot of things to like with Nick, and this is just me talking. Um, when you got a much hyped player, sometimes you see some harder edges. Maybe not a hustler, maybe not a, a guy that you know needs to make some strides professionally. But Sinzel, from what I've seen, hard worker, busted down the line, a hustler, uh, gives you professional at bats. I mean, so far, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's everything that the doctor ordered. Yeah, he really is. He brings those intangibles, and that's what we were hoping for when we drafted him. Um, and he's been all that and more. He's a he's a natural leader. Uh, people look to him. They follow him. Um, he's he's all out on the baseball field. He's all business in the clubhouse. He's made a very good impression on his teammates, on his coaches. He's a very likable kid. He's going to be a guy that's going to be fantastic in a Reds uniform, and he's going to fit really well with with guys like Gino, Votto, uh, Tucker, uh, Wink, you know, guys that, um, you know, that really play the game the right way. I think uh, we're, we're going to enjoy having him around. 2018, you guys talked about the, the young starters, that you, you want to give them opportunities to start and mature as you go into 2019 and beyond and, and maybe spend some more free agent money. Uh, the good news is pitchers like Luis Castillo, and Tyler Malley and Sal Romano, at least this spring, look like they're making strides that you guys are looking for. Yeah, you never know for sure until you get in the regular season and see these guys uh, uh, do what you know, do what they can, but they certainly finished last year in the big leagues performing, and that was important because you, you're not just dreaming on these guys. Tyler, Sal, Luis, even Robert Stevenson did it in the big leagues last year, so we know it's in there. Um, and this year, I think they'll pitch with a little more experience and a little more confidence. I'm, I'm still, um, you know, definitely hoping that Amir Garrett, Cody Reed are in that mix. You know, we've seen very encouraging pitching performances from those two this spring. So I wouldn't forget about them. These guys all develop at, at different speeds. And you can certainly use more than five of them. But if you take that group of five young pitchers um, and then you add to that Bailey, Disco when healthy, uh, Finnegan when healthy. You know, I think we have a pretty exciting group, and we're going to let them duke it out this year. And then at the end of the season, we'll see if it's an area that we have to invest more money in. Bench rolls at the end of camp are always, uh, I mean, granted, you're gonna, they're going to be hard decisions to make. Is your hardest decision, though, going to come down to the final spots in the bullpen? Uh, there's, a, there's a good chance that those will be tough, uh, tough decisions to make. I think the way the schedule lays out, we probably have the ability to open with eight relievers and four four starters, um, which will give us a little more flexibility. And then as we get into the season, we'll see whether it makes sense to um, pull back to seven relievers or or, or go with eight and a, and a four-man bench. I think our preference is to go with seven relievers and a five-man bench. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but uh, a lot of a lot of guys have been making making their case to be uh, those you know those last few bench spots and those last few bullpen spots. Going forward, we I talked about um, going into 2019 and establishing your nucleus and giving these young pitchers uh, a chance to mature and grow. Um, I guess fans are, are wanting to know: um, Will you be a player maybe next year? It's hard to predict down the road, but uh, as far as free agency and 
uh, if you guys are, are much more competitive here in 2018, can we see you guys being a player and jumping in to the mix a little bit and, I guess, spending a little money, the bottom line? I, I think we can um, we can say that with a high degree of confidence. You know, that we've been looking at this as a multi-year plan for a few years now, and we took a significant amount of the money that was had been dedicated to Major League Payroll, and we shifted it over to our uh, amateur acquisition area, both domestic and international. Over the over, over the course of the next season, I think you know, going into next year, we'll be shifting a decent amount of resources back into the Major League Payroll. What exactly that means in terms of an increase, um, it's too early to say, but I think um, you know, we will we will definitely have more money to spend next offseason. One guy the fans obviously have their eyes on as well with Nick Senzel is Hunter Green. Uh, he's pitched a couple times at the minor league level, has been impressive. I know you probably don't have an exact plan laid out, but uh, can you give us a, a broad plan of what you guys look for in 2018 with Hunter? Well, I think Hunter will spend um, time in Dayton for sure. You know, he pitched a little bit in Billings last year. I doubt he'll need to return there. Um, it kind of depends on how the next few weeks go here in Arizona. But I, I could see him opening in Dayton. I could see him staying here in Arizona to work in some controlled conditions for a while. But I, I would be surprised if he doesn't spend a decent amount of time in Dayton. And from there, I think he'll just move as fast as his talent lets him. Um, he's got to build up some innings. He didn't pitch a whole lot in high school uh, from a bulk you know, from an amount of inning standpoint, and we just need to get his arm strength up. I don't think that's going to be an issue. This is a guy that works out pretty hard, a lot of long toss. I don't anticipate um, having many restrictions on him. If he can get a pretty full season this year, you know, he could move pretty quick the, ne- the next year or two. But this is, a big, this is a big period of adjustment for him. For those high school pitchers, getting into professional ball for the first time, Getting used to the five-man rotation, pitching every fifth day, it's a whole new um, regimen for them. So he's got a lot of adjustments to make, and uh, Dayton's a fun place for him to to go, though. No doubt about that. Dick, as always, thanks for your time, and uh, we're really looking forward to the 2018 season. Thanks, Jimmy. He's going to be here before we know it. More to come on the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser. Stay with us. We're back after the interview with Dick Williams, heading for the final couple of minutes of our Hot Stove League program, the uh, final one out here in the desert. Again, we promote the fact that next Wednesday night, I'll be at the Holy Grail Banks, uh, along with my good pal seated next to me, Jim Day, and uh, we'll have a whole lot to talk about. I would assume we will. If you were a betting man, would you bet the 25-man roster will be set by uh, 6 o'clock next Wednesday night? Goodness, I hope so. If not, they're in trouble. But I would think that we will have it finalized by then. Well, it'll be interesting. I agree with you. One of the one of the great parts of all of this is is in the next uh, number of days, starting to look at uh, the, the the movements made by all the clubs in Major League Baseball. What guys are getting released? What the case may be, and and whether or not we will see uh, certainly not a move that had the impact of a, a Scooter Jeanette. Right. Uh, but certainly somebody that may show up on the radar that may change every bit of this. Yeah, and you always have that 40-man roster problem, guys that are 
not on the 40-man roster that you want to add as a non-roster invitee. Let's say they kept a Cliff Pennington, for example, or right. Ben Revere, someone like that. they got to make room on the 40-man roster. So if you're all of a sudden picking up someone late, you have to add that person, obviously. So it changes everything around, and it's one of those variables. Again, if, if their veteran is out there, like a Scooter Jeanette, you got to roll the dice and pick him up. Well, we've run out of time. We want to certainly extend our thanks to Eugenio Suarez and Res General Manager Dick Williams for uh, finding time to chat with Jim about uh, what's going on with them and as far as Dick is concerned, the ball club as a whole. Again, next Wednesday night, we'll be at the Holy Grail Banks, uh, less than 24 hours uh, from the beginning of a brand-new baseball season. For Jim Day, I'm Marty Brenneman from the desert, and we'll talk to you from Cincinnati next Wednesday night. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.